This is Misty Winkler, and you're listening to the Simply Convivial Audio Blog, Episode 44. Welcome to the Simply Convivial Audio Blog, short but meaty focus sessions to help you keep your head in the game as a homeschooling mom. Season 8 is all about the stuff of homeschooling and how to deal with it cheerfully and sanely. How can we manage the stuff that goes with homeschooling, as well as our expectations about what our home and our work should look like? So welcome to the Simply Convivial podcast, and we are doing something new starting this season, and that is kicking things off with an FAQ episode. And joining me to do this is Virginia Lee Rogers. And Virginia Lee and I have known each other online for years. And she is now helping me with customer support. So if you send an email to Simplified Organization or Simply Convivial, you might just get a reply back from Virginia Lee. And I want you to get to know her as well because she is a great resource. She is the homeschooling mom of five children and also an ENTJ. So (laughs) we have a very similar approach, which will be fun to talk about. And so Virginia Lee, you want to tell us a little bit more about you and where people can find you online? Yes, I'd love to. Um, I live in Colorado and um, I've been married for 17 years. We have five kids and we are a Charlotte Basin homeschooling family and um, just sort of all different personalities in our crew. But I guess probably the best way to describe us is just joyfully chaotic, sort of organized <laughs> organized chaos, but lots of joy. Uh, it's not quiet at our house. And um, online, I don't keep a blog, but I am on Instagram quite a bit. You can find me on, uh, I run an Instagram bookshop called The Jolly Reader, sort of a play on The Jolly Rogers, since that's our family's name. And then I am also one of the nine curators for Charlotte Mason in Real Life. That's on Instagram at C-M-I-R-L. We share posts from the community that show how different families are implementing Charlotte Mason's philosophies, but in a practical day-to-day life. It's just, it's re- it's a really joyful community filled with a lot of encouragement, uh, but also just really showing how you can take Charlotte Mason's philosophy and live it out practically day by day. That's fun. So this season, season eight of the Simply Convivial podcast is going to be about organizing homeschool stuff. So I thought we'd just have a brief conversation about how stuff gets organized in our homes. I think it's easy when you say organized to start thinking of, you know, the magazines or the Pinterest where organized means everything looks really pretty. And, you know, looking pretty is nice, especially if you're a personality who's good at that, but I'm not. Really, or being organized is about having a home for things and knowing where things go. So everything has a place so that then you can put it away because it has a place. So um, we're going to talk about some of the ways that we give stuff homes in our homeschools. Virginia Lee, how, what kind of homes do you have in your homeschool? Well, I guess one of my biggest things is, is I'm not a big stuff person. So if I have the stuff in my house, it has to have a home. And if I can't find a home for it, it probably means I don't need it. So I guess 
that that's one of the biggest ways I look at stuff. Um, in fact, my kids give me a hard time. They're like, don't throw this away. We're going to put this here so mom can't throw it away. <laughs> so, so um, but the, the other big thing about what I think of when I'm going to organize stuff is um, I need it to be um, practical. I'm not very good, like you said, about I'm not one of those personalities where everything is pretty and maybe always pleasing to the eye, but with the way our crew works is it needs to be uh, practical, it needs to be sturdy, and it needs to be in places where we can actually use it. Right. Yeah, I think that's key because it's, you know, like we have a basement. So I could reserve a shelf in the basement and put things away on the shelf downstairs where they'd be out of the way. But if they're too much out of the way, I'll end up not actually using them. (laughs) Yes, we're, we are the same way. We do school in all different locations in our home. And um, so we don't use a school room. That doesn't really uh, work well for our crew. So for instance, we do morning time in our living room. And I have a bookshelf in our living room. And one of the shelves in that bookshelf is reserved for all of our morning time books. And that shelf is, pla- shelf is placed you know, right where I sit to do morning time normally. Um, And then our piano is in our living room as well. And the piano bench has a, you know, you can lift the top up. And so that's where all we store all of our morning time binders. So that works really well for us. They're, They're out of the way where little hands could reach them or mess them up, but they're very accessible. And it's something that we already had that we could use. I didn't have to go buy something else, which I always love that. Rather save the money to buy books. So, um, and then for some of our other stuff, um, we have, we live in a tri-level. So we sort of definitely have different things on each level of our home. So we have, one of our levels has uh, those shelves from Ikea that are sort of more like cubbies. Yeah. And each kiddo has two cubbies for all of their school stuff. So they're responsible for keeping those cubbies tidy, but those cubbies aren't in the main living areas. So people aren't going to be messing with them, you know, when they shouldn't be being accessed. Um, And that sort of helps, but because they're cubbies, it helps keep things very contained. You can't add extra stuff to it because I definitely have children that um, hoard. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's a very definite spot. So it's very clear who's is. Who's is who's and who's responsible for which one? Yes, and I know some people like to close it off, but I have found in our house if if, it, if it's a container with a door, then because I don't always notice just visual details, if it's a container with a door, at some point I will go open it and I will just be in shock. <laughs> <laughs> So the cubby helps because when I'm walking by, if it's all spilling out onto the ground, I easily can see whose cubby it is. And (laughs) before free time can happen that day, they have to come and write it. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yeah. My two older boys have their own shelves. And yeah, they're definitely open for that reason. And then desk area, it's right next to their desk area that they usually do their independent work on. But then we do have covered cabinet sort of things from Ikea, but uh, they're like bookshelves, but with doors and and shorter. So it's kind of like a buffet area. So it looks like living room furniture because it's in the space that's between our dining room and living room are really one big space. And so those are there, but they, they look like furniture. 
but they hold our school stuff. So it's nice because the doors can be closed and it doesn't look, you know, like we're paper hoarders or book. <laughs> well, yes. definitely looks like book hoarders, but <laughs> that's a good thing. <laughs> I was going to say, books are decor. <laughs> yes. Books shelf space is at a premium mm-hmm. at our house. So <laughs> I, I can't put decor there. <laughs> no, that's why we use the piano bench because the stuff in the living area, it's books or it's contained. But the other level of the house, I like it being open so that if I'm not, you know, in there constantly, it doesn't get out of control. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing about our the spot that we have where stuff is contained is I'm usually the one pulling things out of there. So there are containers that go into there and I'll pull out the containers and then we work from there and then the containers can go back in and be closed off. Yes. Yeah. We, we use math, you see. So we have all those little um, math manipulate, you know, all the little math manipulatives. And we also have one-year-old or babies. And um, those are just like, they love those math manipulatives. Yes. <laughs> um, so we actually, and actually, I think I got this idea from you. I finally just got a Sterilite bin to store them all in. But I was, it took me a while to find one that little kids could open, but it didn't open so easily that babies could open it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's another thing when I think about storing things, I think about, okay, what ages are going to be using this? Even what specific children are going to be using this? Um, and who do I want to keep out of it? <laughs> right. <laughs> so even even thinking about things like that, you know, finding the right container with the right kind of latch that everybody can open. And then ours actually gets stored behind our couch. There's a little bit of space between the wall and behind our couch. And so we just put the math manipulative container back there. And that way, any kid can grab it when they need it, but nobody can see it. And um, the little people have no idea it's back there. So I think sometimes just thinking of a space in whatever room that you're doing your schooling in or whatever it is you're doing in, um, you know, there's a lot of the time empty space that's not being used, but that you can easily store something to have it be out of the way, but still accessible. Yeah. Yeah. To just get creative with the spaces. Yes. Or I mean, I know people who use things under their couch just because it's easy to slide things in and out of there to put a Sterilite container in and out of there. But um, I'm crazy. I took all the legs off of our sofa and they sit on the ground because I got tired of cleaning under them. <laughs> so. There are always books smashed under ours. <laughs> Yes. So we don't have wood floors. We have carpet. So it actually doesn't look that odd. I mean, nobody's even noticed before, but it is like one of my hacks. Take the legs off of your sofa and nothing can disappear. I love it. (laughs) Yeah. Another one, I think this is something we started doing a little over a year ago, and it's been super helpful is having a container for kids work to be turned in, particularly math pages where oh yes for it's like they've finished but the math pages cannot be just left on the table or counter any old place because then they're just laying there no one knows their status you know the math has to be checked so just having okay if you're done Mm -hmm. turn it in (laughs) well and i think that's big for interruptions as well because then you don't you're not working with another kiddo you know trying to hear a narration and you've got another kid coming in and saying here's my paper or here's my copy work and you know it sort of throws off the flow of a little person trying to you know narrate something so I think having a spot to turn any type of papers in plus it you know it keeps little people from coloring on them or Mm -hmm. you know food off of them or even with me just thinking oh I I can't deal with this right now and setting it somewhere and then never seeing it again (laughs) 
Um, so yeah, we do, what do you all do for your turn-in system? We have uh, one of those file holders that would sit on a desk. So it has three tiers that just hold paper. It's thick enough so it can, uh, it'll fit a workbook, like the Latin workbook. Yes. But it's just the right size. It's small enough that it fits on the counter without taking up very much space. And since it's tiered, you know, it holds enough, but not more than enough. So that's because that helps keep me motivated to keep it cleaned out to not just have it be a place that collects papers. But this are, these are papers that are in rotation. So it can't be a stuff collector. Yeah, that's important. Because once a few things get dumped there, then it just becomes a dumping ground. Mm-hmm. Yes, well, we have one of those Ikea three tier crates um, that you see all the time now <laughs> on Instagram. We have the teal one. <laughs> And um, and that's in, we use the top crate or the top container for our turn-in stuff because ours also needed to hold, you know, written narration notebooks and copywork notebooks right. and uh, math pages for, you know, I've got three kids that are in school right now. So it needed to hold stuff for three kiddos. And um, we even just keeping things like nature journals, um, I have learned you know, even the stuff that they really, really love doing, I still need to check it to make sure that mm-hmm. it's been done. Because my idea of done and their idea of done sometimes differs. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> Very so, true. <laughs> so best best to check. <laughs> but um, so they, they know that the top tier of the crate is where they turn everything in. Um, every once in a while, I run into the problem of there's a Bible in there also. And I have to say, I don't need to check your Bible, just your Bible journal. <laughs> but, but And we also keep in that same spot. Um, and I got this idea from you as well. We keep a mason jar with each child's pencil in there. Yes. Um, and extra lead, and erasers. And um, I also keep some dry erase markers in that spot as well. Boy, I think we could have a whole episode just on pencils. But <laughs> Oh, my goodness gracious. Yeah, those pencils just about sent me over the edge one year. I think my husband thought I was crazy person. Because <laughs> I was ranting and raving about pencils. <laughs> there are pencils all over the house, but never could a child find one when he needed one. <laughs> Or they'd go to, we'd finally find one and we'd finally just sit down and start working and the lead would break. And I would think, oh my gosh, now we have to find a pencil sharpener. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I had kids too, just what, they didn't really want to do their math or do whatever. And so they would just spend time sharpening their pencil. It's like, how oh sharp my. does it really need yes. to be? And I was like, well, then it broke. I was like, well, that's because you sharpened it too much. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, yeah. No, in our house, every all those pencils are actually still all over our house, but that's for whatever they're doing in their free yep. time. <laughs> the mechanical pencils are for school only, no matter what. And I am mean. If you lose your mechanical pencil, you can buy yourself a new one with the money that it belongs to you. I buy everyone a very nice mechanical pencil at the beginning of the school year and I will supply all the lead and erasers you need but if you lose your pencil it's coming out of your pocket and that has really helped with specific kids in my family they, they don't want to have to spend their money to buy school supplies. <laughs> has, we've done that same policy and it has helped so much in fact this last week we actually added a policy which was if you are seen by myself or anyone else using someone else's pencil, you have to uh, pay them a rental fee. <laughs> Ooh, that's a good idea. Because <laughs> I had one in particular that would just, you know, not take the time to get his own pencil, but 
just grab one. Just, it's like, why are you using a pink pencil? That is not your pencil. <laughs> <laughs> so we're doing, you have to pay the owner 50 cents if you are seen using the pencil. That, that, to you. that is such a good idea because I have to tell you, one of my daughters, her pencil is always in the jar when it's supposed to be. She is very motivated by not having to spend her own money to replace anything. <laughs> but I have another child who is, that is not quite as motivating for that child. And so that person always uses her pencil and it sends her over the edge. So that <laughs> well, is a that really would be like good an idea. income source for her. So she might not even get upset. <laughs> I was going to say, and knowing her, she'd probably be fine with it. Although the rent might keep going up the more often it happens knowing her. <laughs> it's like supply and demand. <laughs> yes, but that is such a good idea. I actually really love that. I'm going to give that some thought because I we have had to have quite a few conversations about respecting other people's things, even if it's oh, just yeah. a pencil. Mm-hmm. So yes, but I do love those Ikea crates for the turn-in. And then the other two uh, levels of it, I ha- one is mine and it's where I keep like my clipboard and my binder and that way that just has a home. And because I am horrible about leaving things on our end tables and then you can't put a drink down or, you know, I, I'm a really bad piler on the end tables. Mm-hmm. So that crate helps me to have a home for my school things. And then one of the levels is also just for communal supplies um, that, you know, maybe are more expensive. So I'm not going to buy each kiddo their own for their own supply bin, like Prismacolored pencils and stuff like that. Right. And so that goes in the communal area, but it's open and I can see it and I can see if things are missing um, easily. Yeah. So we'd like to hear your favorite organization tips and tricks. You can find this episode at simplyconvivial.com slash season eight and leave your comments. Thanks for listening to the Simply Convivial audio blog. At simplyconvivial.com slash audio, you can find all the episodes and sign up to get an email whenever a new one comes out. Remember, education is repentance. Repent, rejoice, repeat. Repeat.